Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. What follows is an interview from the 17th of October, 2014, with Newsmax, where we discuss some of the evolving issues with airline travel and Ebola, specifically the idea that perhaps having some sort of travel ban or no-fly list might be useful to help prevent the spread of the disease. The World Health Organization now admits it botched the Ebola response in West Africa in a draft document obtained by the AP. It says nearly everyone involved with the outbreak there failed to appreciate just how bad it could get. Meantime, in Washington, as more calls come up for a ban on travelers from West African countries hit hard by the Ebola outbreak, the president now says he is not philosophically against it, but... In all the discussions I've had thus far with experts in the field, experts in infectious disease, is that a travel ban is less effective than the measures that we are currently instituting. Well, another travel worry here, a worker from that same hospital where Thomas Duncan died of Ebola is now being held in isolation on a cruise ship. That worker left five days ago and is reportedly showing no symptoms, but is staying in isolation in a cruise cabin. President Obama also talked about the possibility of appointing an Ebola czar. It's not that they haven't been doing uh, an outstanding job uh, really working hard on this issue, uh, but they also are responsible for a whole bunch of other stuff. The president talking about the CDC and his national security advisor, Susan Rice, also expressing concern for those two nurses who got sick with Ebola. That's Nina Pham right there cracking a little joke in Dallas in a newly released video before she was taken to the National Institutes of Health for treatment. Of course, we wish her well. The second nurse to be diagnosed with Ebola, Amber Vincent, is already in an isolation unit at Emory University Hospital. Frontier Airlines is also now contacting hundreds of passengers because of fears that she may have had those symptoms as early as a week ago when she flew from Dallas to Cleveland on that commercial flight. In Bermuda, they're getting ready for a nasty visit from Gonzalo. It's a Category 4 hurricane packing sustained winds of 130 miles per hour. The eye of the storm is expected to hit this afternoon or this early evening. And sentencing today for a Florida man who killed a teen in a fight over music. Michael Dunn is doing court this hour after being found guilty of first-degree murder. He shot and killed a 17-year-old at a Jacksonville gas station two years ago after they argued over loud music. Dunn has always said he fired in self-defense, but no other gun was ever found there at the scene. He faces life behind bars. And more clashes between police and protesters in Hong Kong. Riot police have cleared out a pro-democracy protest, taking down barricades and tents that have been blocking the streets for weeks. Hong Kong's leader is also offering to hold uh, talks with protest leaders starting next week. And what a way to end the NLCS. Okay, sir, this story about the uh, San Francisco Giants is our last one. We're going to do the uh, introduction and then we'll get right to your interview. The Giants win the pennant! Boom, that's great baseball, folks. After 25 years since that earthquake in San Francisco in the Bay Area, the Giants are headed back to the World Series. They will take on the Royals. And it should be a great series. More to come in a second with another Newsmax Now update, and I'll send it back to America's Forum. saying that they're they're um, going to stop uh, they're going to stop people from flying those people can't fly anymore and if you've been around ebola you can't fly anymore so they're banning our citizens from flying but they won't ban foreigners from flying into our country it's madness it- 
Well, Glenn Beck calling it madness, appearing yesterday on the O'Reilly Factor on Fox News, expressing his dismay over not putting these travel restrictions and in place. And you know, John, with reports out that Amber Vinson, the second health care worker now turned Ebola patient, may have shown signs of being sick even earlier than originally reported, which is why everything is happening now and so many people are scared. Many more passengers who traveled on that same plane may have been put at risk. Interesting stuff here and very concerning. And here to talk a little bit more about the potential risks other travelers are facing now is Todd Curtis, aviation safety expert and president of airsafe.com. Todd, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for being on America's Forum. Thanks for having me. Well, let's get right to it. What is the real risk factor here? We're kind of trying to cut through a lot of the hysteria, but what do you think is the real risk factor for airline passengers who may have been on that same flight with Amber Vincent? Well, the real risk is that if the CDC is incorrect, that is, if she was not, um, they say that she was not uh, able to give other people um, Ebola during that flight, if in fact the virus has mutated in ways that makes it more powerful than before, it's possible that these people, even though they had a very slight exposure, may have the Ebola virus in them. Of course, we won't know that one way or the other for about three weeks. Do you think Frontier Airlines has a responsibility to let other passengers know? I know they're decontaminating the plane, but let other passengers know that, hey, this was the same plane on which that passenger flew? Well, to their credit, they have no legal or regulatory responsibility to do so, but they are doing what I think is a prudent thing, that is, taking the airplane out of service, cleaning that aircraft, and making sure that any passenger who may have been on those flights is, is uh, forewarned. However, um, I think it has to go beyond Frontier. Because if those passengers got onto another flight with another airline or got on a bus or got on a train, those other passengers may also be exposed. And Todd, let me ask you this. The government instituted screenings at five different airports around the country. Do you agree with how they are testing people there? And should we maybe expand it to many more? Well, with respect to the procedures they have in place, I read through what the uh, government plans do, and it does seem reasonable. Now, a couple of things about that. Uh, first, it's only very narrowly uh, defined to those people who are flying directly from those Ebola-affected countries. It says nothing about someone who may have had, for example, a stopover in Amsterdam for four or five days before going on to the U.S. Those people may slip through screening. So it's an imperfect system, but as a first step, I think it's a prudent system. Well, you also mentioned recently that one person infected on a airliner could potentially put 2,000 other passengers at risk. Explain for us how this works. Well, it has to do with the nature of the return flight to Dallas. Dallas, of course, is a major hub airport for American Airlines, as well as being a major international airport. And it's very likely that of the 130 or so passengers who were on that plane, maybe 10 to 20 percent of them immediately changed planes to get on another flight going someplace. And let's say there are 20 other people on that flight who went to, on an onward journey. Average of 100 people on those other flights. Now you're talking about 2,000 additional people who may be exposed. And Todd, do you support the travel ban so many in Congress are calling for? Some saying it's not going to work. Some saying we should do it. Your thoughts on that, sir? Uh, the ban, as has been proposed by some, is probably not going to be very workable for several reasons. Because banning people from those particular countries doesn't really address the issue. That is, anyone from those countries can simply go across the border to a neighboring African country, or for that matter, take an interim flight to London, Paris, or what have you, and then come onward to the U.S., and that ban would not, would not apply to them. I think it's a much better situation to deal with it over in Africa as much as possible, screening people before they go on airplanes, 
and to get as much information as possible into the hands of the airlines, into the hands of airline passengers, so they can make the prudent decisions on their own. And what about a no-fly list instead of a blanket no-flight ban, finding individuals who may have been in these countries and putting them on a certain list and preventing them from getting on planes with the general public? Well, if it's anything like the no-fly list as it exists right now, I would be against it because the current no-fly list, first, was made for reasons to prevent uh, terrorism and hijackers. And second, the procedures to get one one's name off of that list is extremely difficult and not very transparent at all. And in fact, the rules by which people go on the current no-fly list aren't really clearly known to people. So if they're going to institute the same system they have now, I'd be totally against it. Uh, for other reasons, uh, if you have someone who's exposed, they're really only at risk for about three weeks. So whatever they put in place has to be very, very flexible and being able to put people on and off that list very quickly. I don't, I don't think, given the speed at which this disease may be spreading, that they'll have enough time to really implement a decent no-fly list. All right, Todd Curtis, thanks so much for being with us. We're back here on America's Forum with much more talking about Ebola, a lot of other stuff going on today in the world. We'll be back right after this. For more information about Ebola and airline travel, please visit ebola.airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.